0: Hello, and welcome to Wedge Issues, a politics podcast from the Cap Times. I'm Jack Kelly, a politics reporter with The Paper. Earlier this month, after four decades in office and having just been re-elected, longtime Wisconsin Secretary of State Doug LaFollette unexpectedly announced that he would retire. Governor Tony Evers appointed Sarah Godlewski, a former state treasurer, to serve in the role as LaFollette's replacement. Godlewski sat down with my colleague Jesse O'Poyne and me to discuss the day the governor asked her to serve in the role, what she envisions for the office, and more. Here's our conversation with Sarah Godlewski. Wisconsin Secretary of State Sarah Godlewski, welcome back to Wedge Issues. How are you? Oh my gosh,
1: good. And it's so good to be back. I feel like last time I was here, Jesse, was just you. And now it's like double trouble.
2: It's it's true. We're
0: expanding the
2: team. All the Mortise questions, just, you know, two of us now. <laughs> oh, love that. Love it. Love it.
0: So, Sarah, you you know were back in the news very recently. Uh, you were appointed by Governor Tony Evers to serve as Secretary of State after Doug LaFollette, longtime Wisconsin Secretary of State, announced that he was retiring. What have you been doing in your first days in the job?
1: Well, I mean, it was literally okay. Let's get back into the office. Let's meet the staff. And let's start kind of really figuring out what the state's chief operating officer does. And how can I, as somebody who has worked both in the private sector and in the public sector, what can I do to maybe think about things differently to best serve the people of Wisconsin? And so, um, I mean, literally, you know, my first I think the first day I was signing all like executive orders, as I like to say, sign, seal and deliver. We were signing some of uh, the three confirmations the cabinet positions for the governor. But, yeah, it's just been really kind of thinking through and also reaching out to other secretaries of state to think through, OK, what are other states doing that we can learn from? So it's been uh, again, it's been a whirlwind. But it's been fun.
0: The Secretary of State's office here in Wisconsin has been stripped of many of its responsibilities over the last couple of decades. You know, maybe lay it out for folks. What does the Secretary of State do? So the Secretary
1: of State, I mean, literally, when I was treasurer, I'd like to kind of explain it in ways that people are familiar. So when I talked about the treasurer, I always talked about it as the state's chief financial officer and kind of explain the things that the chief financial officer does. And so... And kind of using that similar analogy, I really look as the Secretary of State as the state's chief operating officer. You know, one of the ways in which the founders, I think, solidified that is they're third in the line of succession. So if anything would happen, they want someone who could literally take over and, you know, keep government operating as it should be. And so it's everything from, of course, it's kind of got this like librarian perspective or function where it's the records and signing um, all kind of certifying different documents. I think one of the other interesting pieces is there's almost like a, a security slash authenticating aspect of it. So if we ever want to do business with any sort of foreign government or foreign country, we're the office that looks at it to say, okay, is this really legit? Can we really do this? Is this person really who they say they are? And we're doing that for government. We're doing that for business in Wisconsin. We're also doing that for personal, like people who want to have adoptions papers signed or want to get their divorce confirmed and that it was married in a different country. And so it's kind of this interesting foreign government, foreign relations piece that I think a lot of people don't know about. And then there's other things like I was just elected to once again share a $1.4 billion trust fund. So I will be very active in that role, so we're serving on the investment committee, making sure we have the highest distributions like we did previously for public schools. But there's a lands component to that. So something that we're looking at is how can we, because this the Secretary of State's involved in lands and all of our public lands, how can we start looking at our public lands for carbon credits, for example? And like, what are some unique things that we can do in that way? And then this kind of like other piece that is really important to me is I want to build this role when we talk about democracy, because I think too often we have seen in my mind, like how the Republicans, whether they're attacking our local clerks who are public servants that are trying to ensure every vote counts to thinking about ways to increase transparency and accountability with how our elections are run. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for the secretary of state to serve in that way too.
2: Yeah, you're coming to this from being state treasurer and there's a new state treasurer in town um, and and the two of you will have to work together on that board. Interesting scenario that we've got kind of all statewide elected Democrats except for the new state treasurer. Have you two talked much since you've taken on this role? Do you have a, a working relationship yet? So
1: when the new treasurer was, before he was sworn into office, I immediately sat down with him, we had a meeting. I kind of talked to him about the different initiatives that I had started, whether it was this home program that's now helping Wisconsin's buy, fix and stay in their homes to work we were doing with the local treasurers. We had built this great program around property taxes and helping address property tax foreclosures. So I wanted to make sure that John was set up for success even though we might not be in the same political party, we're there to serve the state. And I think that's really important. And so it's that same working relationship I hope that we can bring to working together now as two statewide
2: elected officials. So Douglas Follett, in office for a very long time, longer than some of us have been alive. I was going to say, before some of us were born, (laughs) Jesse. Potentially all of us. I don't know. I don't want to assume anything. But yeah, he's he's been there for a while. (laughs) i was pointed out that his second time in office i was one year old his first time he
1: ran i was not okay. But his second time i was like <laughs> under one i think i was like eight months to be exact right.
2: that's wild so it was surprising i think it was fair to say that it was a surprise to most of us when he you know he ran for reelection he won he decided to step down can you walk us through the steps from your end, from him stepping down to you being appointed to this position
1: yeah. I mean, I have known Doug for a while, especially serving on this board of commissioners of public lands. But I was honestly pretty shocked when I got a call to go into the governor's office. And, you know, I'm sitting down with the governor and we're talking about the secretary of state and he's asking me, why do you want to serve the people of Wisconsin? And what you know from this position based on your role as state treasurer, we had a, a really lovely conversation because as you know the governor is a public servant and really shines that I think every day whether his role as principal or in public schools to DPI to being the governor today and at the end of our conversation he he was like so Sarah I would like to appoint you to secretary of state and I wish that there was a camera because my jaw probably was like to the floor and it part of me was like oh my God, the governor is asking you to do this. Like, can I phone a friend? You know, like you can't, you know, immediately, of course, I was like, oh my gosh, of course, like, I'm honored that you even considered me and even asked me to do something like this. Like, this is a really incredible opportunity. And I was like, so when, when do you think that I can start? I mean, you know, I started this organization called Women Win that's doing a lot of great work for reproductive Right, I've got my three-year-old that I'm a lot more involved with. I'm like, so when are we looking at the start date for for this physician? And he kind of had this grin on his face, and he's like, "We need to swear you in by basically by the weekend." And I'm like, "Oh my god, okay, we got to figure." And like going through my head, my husband was going to work overseas for a bit, and I'm like, "How am I going to work on child care and all of these things?" Again, it was I was pretty honored and. As this story, you know, I'm driving home and I'm like, I didn't even ask my husband, like, his thoughts. I just said yes right now. And so when I got home, of course, you know, I walk in the door and he's like, how's the governor? And, you know, like, what did he want? And he's like, are you on a task force? Like, you know, he was trying to kind of like pick what he might have been interested in having a conversation about. And I'm like, you're looking at your new secretary of state. And he literally looks and he goes, no shit. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, we're like, we'll figure it out. There's all these questions about everything. And I'm like, honey, I have just as many questions as you, but we'll just figure it out. And then uh, come like that late afternoon on Friday, I received my oath of office in my Packer pajamas and was signing it so it would be effective the minute that you know Doug resigned at the end of that Friday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a TV movie waiting to happen. But no, again, we were, that Friday that happened, and then on Monday was in the office and rolling up my sleeves and figuring out everything
2: that this office does to make sure that we can best serve. Have you had any conversations with your, your predecessor before, since, gotten any advice from him? So I've had conversations
1: of course, when I was asked to serve in his role. And then once I was kind of official, I called Doug and just to check in. And, you know, he had advice as far as what I can do as far as working with the staff. And he was also very complimentary. He's like, Sarah, I have seen the great work you did, whether it's with the school trust funds or in your role as treasurer. And He's like, the governor couldn't have picked a better person. So that was a pretty big compliment from a 40-plus-year public servant from the LaFollette family. And, you know, there's no one that knows that job better who's been there for so long. And so i continuing to connect with Doug and learn from him as I move forward in this position.
2: So we've heard from some lawmakers, I think probably 100% on, on the other side of the aisle from you, that... <laughs> They've asked the governor to, to hold a special election to fill this rather than you know having appointed someone. Do you think there's any merit to that argument? I mean, look, here's a few things that we've got to think about. I think the first is the governor is elected to uphold
1: the Constitution and the Constitution says the governor has the ability to appoint when a constitutional office vacates. And I think what Governor Evers did makes a lot of sense because what are something that Wisconsinites don't want to deal with? It's like this back and forth. They just want someone who's going to put their head down and get to work. And that's exactly one of the reasons why Governor Evers talked about why he appointed me. He's like, Sarah gets constitutional offices. She led a bipartisan coalition to save an office. I mean, it's pretty nerdy. And here she is like ready to serve on day one. And so I think that is a big piece of it. He's doing what he was elected to do, the people put that trust in him and we're moving forward. But I think the other kind of two things that we don't talk about as much is to run a special election is going to cost taxpayers millions of dollars. And if there is one thing I don't think taxpayers want to pay for, it's another election. And we are already seeing with this Supreme Court election, the millions of dollars going poured into it. Wisconsinites getting inundated with ads and to think that they're going to do this again. I mean, it's like, no, thank you. I think if you were to a poll of Wisconsinites and ask, hey, do you want to see another election? They would be like, no, please, God, no. So whether it's from a tax dollars and like being smart and efficient. And I think that is important as we are fiduciaries to thinking about, you know, conversations I have with my neighbors that are like, God, I'm just sick of the politics. And then to think we would go through it again. I just think it all makes sense and exactly why governor evers appointed
0: wisconsin republicans last fall during the election cycle they floated this proposal of disbanding the wisconsin elections commission and and turning election oversight over to the partisan elected secretary of state's office I wonder, in your mind, obviously, the Elections Commission continues to exist and will exist so long as Governor Evers is in office. What, if any, role should your office have in the oversight of elections? How could the office be leveraged in that space?
1: So I think if there's one thing that we know, we know the Wisconsin Election Commission has been doing a really good job of running free, fair elections with integrity, I mean, look, it's a makeup of, like, Democrats and Republicans, and that's been working for us. But with that being said, I think how this office could be complementary comes with building relationships and supporting the clerks. I mean, we have 72 county clerks and we have around 1,400 municipal clerks. And a lot of our election work is delegated to the local level. And these are public servants. Sometimes they're in part-time jobs. I mean, they're doing this because they believe that they're, you know, voting is a critical component to our staying in our country. But I think they need support. I mean, we have seen how they are being attacked. And so just the same way that I developed a really good relationship with our county treasurers and municipal treasurers, I think the same could be true with this office and working with them, supporting with them. One of the ideas I've, and I have not talked with them, and I would love to have that conversation. But there's an opportunity, I think, with like transparency and accountability. And, you know, we can literally get an iPhone and on a Facebook page, show the canvas that's happening. So it's like really simple and innovative things that I believe this office can be doing in collaboration with the Wisconsin Election Commission, but more importantly, with those clerks that are doing God's work to ensure our elections are being run effectively.
0: Okay. We've talked plenty about your new job. Let's take just a second and talk about your old one. As you reflect on the the four years that you served as state treasurer, what stands out to you as your, your proudest accomplishment?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say there's a few things. One is, you know, during COVID, when COVID hit and the Republican legislature just decided not to work and people were kind of paralyzed with what to do, schools went remote and i was talking with teachers and librarians and they're like kids don't have these virtual capabilities to learn and this is our future it's the next generation and so within a month we were able to figure out i was with our kind of common school fund how we can provide a special distribution to public schools to help them buy hotspots e-learning books that could help our our kids learn and address that digital divide and so Well, the federal government was trying to figure things out and the Republicans were trying to figure out how to get to work. We were doing this all remotely and we did it within a month after COVID um, was announced. And so I think that to me was a a real demonstration about these executive offices and using their ability to serve. Um, So I think like that's one. I mean, the other big thing is economic security was really important to me when I was treasurer and the take route Wisconsin that we started, which is this home ownership program that's helping people buy, fix, and stay in their homes. And working with county treasurers, I think, has been um, really important because home ownership is critical to building wealth and to having you know, safe and great communities because people buy homes. But we know that's just a far off dream for so many as it becomes more and more expensive in order to do that. So I'm glad that we were able to accomplish that and figure out how to do it. Again, without the legislature, because we were like, we're never going to get it done if we have to go through them. Uh, let's just figure out how to do this through like a public-private partnership. And then finally, I mean, last year alone, we had a 27% increase to public schools for our distribution. So even though financially, the world was not in a great place, our returns increased 27% in one year. And we know public schools continue to go to referenda because they can't finance and critical things. And so the
2: fact that we can ease that burden even just a little bit, to me, is is a huge success. You mentioned earlier the PAC that you started. So you you ran for U.S. Senate. After you ended your campaign, you launched this PAC focused on reproductive health and abortion rights. What have you done with that? And what does that look like going forward, especially now that you have this new job? Yeah, so...
1: Women Win Wisconsin is continuing its work. I mean, we were so we have hosted now four rallies across the state. They're doing now two more in Madison and Milwaukee. Um, And I think what's been so exciting is seeing all the new energy. So so many young people have been showing up and medical providers who were never involved before. But I think we've got to figure out, you know, how does this transition um And it has transitioned with me, like I'm just a volunteer and a participant. I no longer run like the day-to-day operations of it, but it's kind of thinking through what does that look like? Um, Because if there's one thing that I can tell you, it's this isn't going away. You know, the fact that Wisconsinites have fewer rights than they did and this 1849 criminal abortion ban, like that's not going away. And so I think this work needs to continue, but we're kind of figuring out how that's going to look. And my thought is after April 5th, we can spend more time on that. Well, before we move on to the lightning round,
2: I got to ask, do you see a campaign in your future?
1: I mean, honestly, Jesse, I don't even, like, as I like to joke, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow or like, you know, like certain things. It's just, so thinking even three years down the line to me is, I mean, my world has been positively changed in a way that I never thought that it would be. And so- I'm right now focusing on the Secretary of State's office, what we can do, and I think bringing a new vision that will best serve the people of Wisconsin.
2: We're talking with Wisconsin Secretary of State, Sarah Godlewski. More to come. Wedge Issues is sponsored by Leopold's Books Bar Cafe.
1: Madison's Bookstore for Night Owls, serving craft cocktails, locally roasted coffee, and desserts every day from morning till midnight. More information at leopoldsmadison.com.
2: All right. Are you ready for the lightning round? Oh my gosh, I'm always ready for the lightning round.
1: I've been born. (laughs) I need to spend more than 60 seconds, so I want to try to... I'll try to restrain my answers to very kind of short
2: to the point, but this is going to be a challenge, Jesse. So I'm just warning you, but I'm, I'm I'm prepared. I get it. I hear you. Well, you know, as we mentioned, you are a Wedge Issues alum, so you've already answered the two most important questions. So I, I went back and looked and you were on in 2019. So for your favorite Wisconsin beer, you said you were torn between Leiden Kugels and Spotted Cow. And for your favorite Wisconsin cheese, you were torn between Norwegian Brick or Munster. And we had a great conversation about the cheese units that we had in our elementary schools. Have, have there been any changes to those? Or is that is that still kind of the lineup for you? So I would say the
1: cheese is the same. I mean, it hasn't changed since I was like seven years old. It's not going to change now. So that is still Brick and Munster. But... Potosi beer out of like, it's kind of out of the Driftless region. I love their Summer Shandy. It is so incredible and became a really big fan. I think they might have been around for a long time, but I've just recently discovered this the last two years. And that has to be added to my beer list is Potosi beer. So if listeners have not tried Potosi out of Western Wisconsin, you are missing out. It's delicious. All right.
0: Okay, so we asked this to everybody. What's your favorite knick-knack or family heirloom or tchotchke that you owned?
1: Family
0: heirloom.
1: Part of it is I don't even know where to begin, but I think like my the one that comes to mind first and foremost is, so my grandma was part of the first group of women to serve during World War II. She was a Navy wave, and I got her peacoat, and I still to this day wear the peacoat. It's the warmest jacket I ever have. And every time like I wear it, I think about her. And so I would say that's by far my favorite family heirloom.
0: That's very cool. You know, you you had been spending a lot of time on the road with the rallies. But what song or artist are you listening to right now?
1: So I've been listening to a lot of female artists. So whether it is The Chicks to, um, I mean, I'm a good old Indigo Girls fan, to even like a little Madonna. And I'll like, you know, bring in Ellen John every once in a while. But I would say that's kind of primarily when I'm listening to when I'm on the road. Are you binge watching or regular watching anything right now? So, I mean, I'm very excited Ted Lasso decided to show up because I was worried that that show wasn't. I mean, they kept saying November, December, January. So back into Ted and it's good to have him back. But I did just finish the first entire, all of Yellowstone. Um, and I have really, I love Yellowstone. It's really, Kevin Costner's great. It's, um you know, the Wild West. I love it.
0: Okay, Milwaukee Bucks in a playoff series. How many games to win the series?
1: Oh, my gosh. Let's get her done in four. Let's just get her done. You know?
2: Let's get her done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you've had a long day at work. What comfort food do you crave? Oh, my gosh. I love cheese curds and
1: pizza, candidly. So I will pick up some cheese curds and maybe have a beer, and I'm, like, in heaven.
2: I do need ranch. Oh, ranch. Yeah, for for the pizza and the curds?
1: Yes. Actually, yes, for all of the
0: above. (laughs) (laughs) Sticking in the food category, what is your favorite sandwich?
1: I mean— I love an after Thanksgiving sandwich. So it's like the turkey stuffing, cranberry on bread. I mean, little gravy maybe on top if you can make it work. That is like, oh my gosh, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Are you reading anything not
2: work-related right now?
1: Kind of. So I'm reading, it's like about health. It's like a health book about what to eat and your microbiome. And you're like, you know, it's like your brain and your gut and how they work together. And my husband's like, you're such a nerd. But it's like,
2: it couldn't be more different than politics. Okay, final question. And since we've already talked about your favorite cheese, does your son Hartley have a favorite cheese? Hartley loves Havarti, provolone, cheddar.
1: And like, his three favorite foods, which is, I mean, literally I call him my little cheese curd. He probably should just be like a little dairy kid um, because he will only eat cottage cheese, yogurt, cheese, and milk. Like those are his <laughs> four favorite foods. And I can't make this stuff up, but if you would ask him, he would eat that every single day for every meal and would
2: be in heaven. Good Wisconsin boy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mike. My Italian husband's like, "Want a pasta? And he's like, where's the cottage cheese? <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Wisconsin Secretary of State Sarah Godlewski, thank you very much for joining Wedge Issues.
2: Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our show is sponsored by Leopold's Books Bar Cafe and edited by Haley Bowers. Our intro music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll have new episodes every other week. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend. And if you haven't already, sign up for Wedge Issues, the newsletter, at captimes.com newsletters. I'm Jesse O'Poyan. Thanks for listening.